Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. All right. Good morning. How are we doing, Heartway? Good, good, good. Happy New Year to everyone. If I haven't said it to you already. I hope you have a wonderful, blessed year, a lot of growth, and let's just keep showing everybody what love is and who God is. All right. Um, I just want to bring up a quick word. You know, I love words and stuff like that, but I want us to think about the word perspective. I know we talk about it a lot, but let's think about the word perspective when we have obstacles that pop up in our lives or tragedies or traumas and how we view them when we first are faced with them versus how we view them after we go through them. What if we approach all our traumas, tragedies, with that same perspective that we have at the end, at the beginning? How much easier will it be able to deal with those things? So as we're going through this meditation, I want you guys to think about those those tragedies, those traumas, those obstacles, because they're gonna come throughout our life. It's part of life. It wouldn't be life if it wasn't there. All right, so think about how can I change my approach, my attitude, my thoughts, the things that arise as I face these obstacles and tragedies. So I'm asking everybody to close their eyes, sit up nice and tall, scoot that butt all the way back. (laughs) No slouching, no slouching. I want us to place our feet to the ground. You can place your hands on your thighs, hands up or down. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Exhale out. Deep breath in through your nose. Exhale out. Take another deep breath in through your nose. Exhale out. As we are breathing, continue your breath. I want you to try to expand your diaphragm, your stomach. Push it out as far as you can as you inhale. Exhale out. Continue your breath. Now, as we are breathing, I want us to Engage our feet to the ground. Press your feet down as you take a deep breath in. Press the feet through the ground and exhale and still push the power through your feet. Every breath, I want you to engage your muscles through the ground, sitting up nice and tall. Feel the power within your body.
We all have the power within us to overcome anything that life throws at us, anything that God throws at us. He gives us that power, but we have to believe it. Take one last deep breath in. Exhale and relax the body. I have a poem I want to read you guys. Maybe a sinner is a saint who is misunderstood. Maybe bad is a catalyst for all things good. Maybe pain is just the ex-girlfriend of change. Maybe hope is both fear and faith's mother. Maybe lies are just truth's younger brother. Maybe they don't mean to hurt me. Maybe just a horse brought to water. Maybe they just were thirsty. Mistook my eyes for wishing wells. Maybe silence is just a closed door for screams and yells on the inside. And maybe hiding is just a show. Maybe I was just supposed to know where to go, but I wasn't supposed to go there. Maybe love and war isn't so fair. Maybe doubt is just a slow prayer that hasn't been formed. Maybe a heart broken is just a heart ready to be reborn. Maybe death is just transition to another life. Maybe it all ain't that bad. Maybe happiness requires a journey we just call sad. Maybe Satan was the best friend that God ever had, and God can always depend on Satan for a game. Satan gonna always play, although the outcome is always the same. Maybe I had to put it all behind me to see how far I done came. Maybe being lost is another form of self-love. Maybe being poor doesn't, does more than having wealth does. Maybe the mud is fertile soil, but we just keep getting stuck. Maybe knowing is not knowing, it's just confusion get it, giving up. As you guys are hearing those words, there's a perspective to all of it. It's how we view things when we approach them. Let's approach our lives with a positive perspective as we face our tragedies, pain, loss, hurt, because we will get through it. I want everybody to take one last deep breath in with me. Exhale. And just let go and trust that whatever you go through, you may get through and you have the strength to do it. Believe it. You don't always have to understand it right away, but trust it. Trust the process. Thank you, everyone. Good morning, family. Good to see you. Happy New Year again, 2023. Some of y'all did not come last week, (laughs) but I understand we're here now. And it's so good to be with each and every one of you. 
I want to remind you guys that in a couple of weeks, January 22nd, we're celebrating Heartway's seventh year anniversary. It's our birthday. And the birthday's always a party. So come expecting to have a great time. And I want to encourage you and ask you, if you would, if you feel so inclined, to think about somebody that you would like to bring with you on that day. That's a wonderful opportunity for people to get a glimpse of who we are, what we're about. Uh, my message that day, or so I think as of now, will be um, about who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Okay, so I was talking to my friend Mario, who leads our tech, who's amazing. We were having breakfast at First Watch uh, earlier this week, and he's like, you know, Danny, people need Heartway. It's just a lot of them don't know that they need it. They don't realize they need it yet. So a day like our birthday is a wonderful opportunity for us to talk to folks about why we're here and why what we're doing is so needed. So January 22nd, Put the date on your calendar. We're doing a party outside after the service. I got a little uh, 360 photo booth thing that we're going to do. We're just hoping to spice up the whole, the whole place, okay? It's going to be a great day. And also, I'm so excited about the women's event that's coming up. That's going to be phenomenal. I, I told Gabby and Jovi that uh, a friend of mine named Daniela Prado may come. Y'all don't get that joke. That was a horrible joke. <laughs> Daniel Prada, Daniela, Daniela Prado. Okay. <laughs> she may come in like a wig and a hoodie and a mask. <laughs> Honestly, I was thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know why. There's something about me that like wants to really be a part of it. I wish I could, you know. <laughs> but, but I could help you set up. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll help you clean up after. Sure. No problem. But I'm so excited for that, and there's so much buzz and energy around it, and this is just gonna be a, a taste, just a small little taste of uh, what, what is gonna be unleashed this year and in the years to come through our community and all of the, the healers that we have here. I, that's what I love about this, is that it's not revolving around the gifting and the, um, the personality of one individual. I, I want us to bring together our, our gifts so that other people can use them to bring healing into other people's lives. So that's what we're gonna be doing. And also the men's retreat's coming up in February, which is gonna be huge. Um, last year when we did it, it was incredibly transformative in a way that I didn't even expect it to be. It surpassed my expectations. And uh, Raphael has been doing such an incredible job of leading the charge. Um, with this retreat. So I just want to encourage the men in the house to uh, sign up. How are we doing that? Through the Connect card? Uh, well, no, come see me for the registration. Okay, so Raphael's the guy. Raise your hand. Everybody knows Raphael, right? So all the guys that want to be a part of that, come to him. He'll give you a registration form and all the details that we need from you in order to make that day special. Now on to our regular scheduled programming. <laughs> I want to talk to you today about the awakened life. What does it mean to be spiritually awakened? You know when you have a bad dream and then you wake up and you realize, okay, I'm, I'm safe. It was just a dream. There's a lot of us that are lost in the dreams that our mind constantly generates, fearful dreams about the future, 
guilty dreams about things we did in the past, regrets. We're just dreaming, always dreaming. We have interactions with people and we start assuming that this is what they meant by what they said and this is how they feel about me, which is why they looked at me. they didn't really look at me when they were talking to me. We create all these narratives, crazy stories. And sometimes we're, we're just stuck in a bad dream. I've been with people in crisis moments where they've said those words. This just feels like, like a bad dream. And internally, I know it is. It's, just, it's actually just a bad dream. And if you can wake up to reality, you'll come to recognize that you're okay. Everything is as it should be. To be spiritually awakened is to view and approach all aspects of life from a perspective that is informed and guided by your relationship to God. So your relationship with God becomes the hub at the center of the wheel of your life. Everything else in your life revolves around this one core central piece, which is your relationship to the transcendent mystery of life, to the source of your existence. It's coming back to who you really and truly are at your core. And as a result of that, allowing all of your actions and your intentions to be governed by God's spirit, God's truth, God's love, God's wisdom, God's way. What does that look like very practically? It looks like you looking to God for guidance before you make decisions. Something as simple as acknowledging God's presence before you go forth and make an important decision in your life can go a long way in helping you to avoid stuff that later you're going to wish you didn't get into. Just opening your heart to God's perspective and what God wants for you to do can save you a lot of time and a lot of energy. And it helps you to look at things from a different perspective than you would have been able to had you not included God in your decision-making process. So a very simple way to live as a spiritually awakened person is to include God in those decisions, to open up your heart in prayer. Another way to do that is to look to God for a sense of meaning as you're going through life's challenges and suffering. God, what are you showing me? What are you teaching me? What are you revealing to me through all of these things that I'm experiencing in my life right now in this moment? It's looking for uh, the deeper thread that God is weaving through all of the events and interactions and experiences that you go through in your life. The spiritually awakened person is always lifting their heart and their mind to God. God's always just in your mind. You practice the presence of God. You understand and you're aware that God is with you. And through that awareness, you're able to see things that you weren't able to see before. You see, our our minds are always making connections. And if we can learn how to train our mind to draw connections between the experiences that we have in our everyday life and God speaking to us, when those two things come together, that's when you get revelation, insight, wisdom from above. But you've got to be listening. You've got to be looking for it, and then you will find it. That's how Jesus said. Ask, the door will be open. Seek, and you will find. 
So if you're seeking God's voice, if you're looking for God's answers, if you're open to insights and revelations, and you train your mind to look for those things, you'll go through your life, things will happen, and you'll start noticing just a synchronicity, just confirmation after confirmation, reassurance after reassurance, and then you just start, it's like, it's obvious that God is with you, it's obvious that God is directing your path, things just flow, it's easy, it's natural, you're not forcing things anymore, you've learned how to kind of let go, and you receive the gift of clarity. How wonderful would it be if we had clarity when things are so muddy? I was in Naples for New Year's um, singing at an at a event. And then on my way back, late at night, I'm on that road. What's that road? Is it Alligator Alley? So many people were like, don't be careful on that drive because if you get stuck, an alligator's going to eat you and all this stuff. I was like, really, bro? Anyways, on my way back, okay, it was super dark at 2 in the morning. And it was foggy. And I couldn't see anything. I had to put my, my lights on so that I can see my high beams. You know, sometimes we navigate through life like that. It's just, it's dark and it's foggy and we need some light. God's word is your light. God's presence is your light. And it's with you and you carry it on the inside of you. You don't get it from anywhere. It's already yours in your possession. And to have that brings a sense of clarity. There's a, a teacher by the name of Byron Katie who is um, just a, a woman that I, I love and adore. She is like a mirror of God for me. And she says, clarity is understanding that what is, is what I want. And this may be difficult for us to understand. But the point is, reality always wins. Life always wins. You don't have to agree with reality. You don't have to agree with life. It's just easier if you do. You get that, right? Things are going to happen to you that you don't like. You don't have to agree with it and go with it and be okay with it. You can fight it with everything you got inside of you. And that's going to be miserable. It's easier to go with the flow. It's easier to go with the way things are. Right now, it seems like it's harder because you're not used to it. But once you start practicing this art of living in harmony with the way things are, you see with clarity that what is, is what I want. What is, is God's will. So the message that I teach is that it is what it is. And some of you are like, well, what is it? <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just know that it is what it is. And I accept what it is. We get messed up because we try and understand what is it. You know, this person really hurt me. This person just out of nowhere started acting funny. And they did a bunch of things that just brought a huge mess into my life. Maybe you've experienced something like this. And you, you will wreck your brain trying to figure out why, why in the world would they do this? Where did this come from? How did this happen? Even if you're just this incredibly wise person, all-knowing person who can understand the motives and intentions of other people's hearts, okay? Even if you had that answer, do you think it would satisfy you? 
If your enemy or the person that really just screwed you over and messed you up, if you understood all of the intricacies of their psychological processes and you were able to speak eloquently about why they did what they did, is that going to make you feel better? No, because they still hurt you. They still did something to you that you don't like. You still have those feelings that you got to deal with. And so deal with it. Deal with it. That's the invitation that life's challenges brings to us. God's will is what is. And when you live like that, that's how you get the clarity. What do I mean? How far are we going to take this? My invitation for you is take it all the way. You go crazy with it. (laughs) Y'all think I'm joking, but this is how. (laughs) Okay. You keep thinking it's funny. Y'all keep thinking it's funny, but guess what? Somebody dies, somebody lives. Sickness, health, pandemic or not. Crisis politically or peace in the land. Whatever the situation is, if you understand all of it as God's will and you align your will with God's will, you surrender your will to God's will, and you agree with reality, you will find clarity and you will find peace. It's just a simpler way to live instead of always trying to figure out why. Why, 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 why? No, it is what it is. I accept it or I don't. If I accept it, I find peace. If I don't accept it, I suffer. And if you don't accept it, that's okay. Accept the fact that you can't accept it. Amen. So you start there. You get what I'm saying? Like, no. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're like, um, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be nice to that person. So I'm just not. So this is just what it is. Great. Okay, great. I love that for you. Accept it. But what happens is sometimes we beat ourselves up because of, and we repress those feelings, and we don't deal with our stuff. So... The emotion is there. It's all built up. Leave room for it. Accept the fact that you're not living in harmony with the way things are. And what will that do? Recalibrate you so that you begin to walk in that way. That is the way. You know, the earliest Christians were called followers of the way. The way things are. Yeah. The way things are. And that was Jesus' prayer. Not my will, but your will be done. God's will is whatever happens in life. And I just go with that. I don't argue with it. I don't try and intellectualize it. I love it. Yeah. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is to love your life as it is and to embrace it as it is with the ups and the downs with the good and the bad, with the positive and the negative. The scriptures say, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. When you begin to cultivate this relationship with God, and you're constantly drawing near to God, you know what happens is eventually you dissolve into God. So that you become so much less important in the grander scheme of things. And you're not just living for yourself anymore. You're living for 
the whole, the whole, all of it, all of it, all of it. Your love extends to all of it, everyone, everywhere. And this is why the scriptures speak of this idea of experiencing union with God. Union with God means you transcend the ego and you begin to walk in the truth of who you've always been as someone who is one with God, connected with God. And did you know there's nothing that you can do to cut off that connection between you and God? In the Psalms, David says, even if I made my bed in Sheol or in the grave or hell, some translations, you are still there with me. Wherever you go, there God is. And there's nothing you could do about it. Good news. And even better news, when you've made a complete mess of your life and everything sucks and you feel like everything is crumbling around you, that's when you have an opportunity to actually experience God the most. The most. You feel the presence even more intensely if you're willing to completely surrender and open your heart in those moments when your world is crashing around you. What a gift that is. Draw near to God. Just take the initial steps, whatever that looks like for you. I heard a story the other day about a rabbi whose son, every day after school, would come home, put his backpack on the table, and then go out into the woods. And the rabbi's like, what is my son doing? He's just leaving out there for, for hours. So when his son would come back, he's like, why, why are you going into the woods for so long? He's like, well, I go out there and I spend time with God and I pray and it just really helps me to do that. And um, the rabbi said to him, well, you know that uh, God is the same everywhere. And the son said, yeah, I know, but I'm not. When I, ooh, I, you guys are like, ooh, you felt that. He said, but, but I'm not. <laughs> so... By me taking this step and going out there into nature and connecting with, with the earth, right? Mother earth. It's like where we come from. I feel a deep connection with God. Maybe for some of you that place is here. You know, during the week, you're just, your mind's in a million different places. You've got all these responsibilities. And then on Sunday, you just get a, a nice little hour, hour and a half if I'm talking long. <laughs> where you just get to experience yourself in a unique way. There's a different you that comes out here. So whatever it is that you have to do to connect with God, do it, cultivate that connection. There's no rules to this thing. I know religion and, uh, you know, religious people tend to put a lot of strict rules on how you connect with God. This is how you do it, people. But for me, it's like last night I was having this... uh, just incredible conversation at a bar with two of my friends. And these are people that I feel like they see me. Isn't it so nice to feel seen and understood? To feel seen and understood. And I'm just there having my beer, eating my Beyond Burger, (laughs) talking with my friends. And that, that's a God moment for me. That's a God moment for me. You can turn every moment into a God moment. It's about your intention. It's about your approach. This is the practice of the presence of God. 
This is how you walk in harmony with God. This is how God becomes the hub around which the wheel of your life goes around. You turn it all into God moments. When I'm going through suffering, when I'm going through pain, and the good times too, all of it, is, it's, these are God moments. God, what are you saying to me? What are you teaching me? What do you have for me here? And you listen and you draw near. God will meet you there. Always. I thought about this really cool musical analogy that I want to share with you guys. Many of you know I've been involved in music for a while. I actually started in like church and ministry singing, doing music. So I've been a part of bands for all of my young adult life. And it's been great. I love it. I learned so much. And one of the things that I came to learn and see, because I was one of these people, is that one of the most um, underrated instruments in a, in a full band, and one of the most overlooked instruments in a band, is the bass. Not here at Hartway. <laughs> he says, I know. <laughs> Ricardo. Well, Ricardo, you know, here at Hartway, everybody pays attention to you, because this guy, yeah. Yeah, you know, he, you can tell when somebody enjoys what they do, right? He's like, he's like making love to that thing, man. He's like, love it, man. It's so good, and you feel it. So thank you for that. But a lot of people aren't blessed that way, okay? And normally, isn't it right, you can confirm, because uh, the bass is such a low frequency, you don't really pay attention to it. It's so easy to, to overlook it. However, the bass is probably, arguably, the most important instrument in the band because it creates the foundational rhythm and structure for the song. It's like a, a reference point that all of the other musicians can, can refer to so that they don't get derailed. So the bass is this, it's, it's the, the ground on which everything else is built, brings together all the other instruments. Which begs the question, what is the base note of your life? Right, for the spiritually awakened person, it's their relationship with God. That's the foundation, that's what sets the rhythm and the structure. That's what uh, remains your reference point through everything that you go through in life. That's your constant reference point that you go back to, and it keeps you from getting derailed. In a lot of uh, religious and spiritual traditions, the bass note or lower frequency notes are said to contain healing properties. And so they're used in, in meditation and people who do energy work and things of that sort as a way of giving people a sense of groundedness and rootedness. Um, anybody seen that documentary on Netflix with Zac Efron, what's it called, Down to Earth? In one part of that, you know, him and his buddy, they go to another uh, country and they're feeling jet lagged and Zac's buddy says, hey, take off your shoes, put your feet on the ground. You know, and it's, it was this idea, I don't know if it's woo-woo or if it's real or not, but it's this idea, okay, yeah. It's scientifically proven, okay. Because when I Googled it, um, it was, you know, mixed reviews, but as everything else. But I like the idea, I like the idea, he's like, take off your shoes, put your feet on the grass, on the ground, and just get grounded, that's going to reset your internal clock, and now you're, you're going to be able to, to adjust to the new, 
uh, time zone, an environmental zone that you're in. It's like a recalibration. Okay, that, that is what your relationship with God offers to you. When you take, you know, um, in the book of Exodus, when Moses goes to the burning bush and God speaks to him, that voice from the bush says, take off your, your sandals. You're, you're standing on holy ground. You know what I mean? So when you take a moment to metaphorically take off your shoes, realize that you're standing on holy ground, get grounded in the presence. Get rooted in the presence. That's going to provide you with such a firm foundation. And the way to, the way to be the most sturdy in life is to be as flexible as you can be, like a bamboo tree. If you really want to be sturdy, if you really want to uh, be grounded, be flexible, be open, be willing to adjust and uh, go with the change of what happens in your life. The more flexible you are, the more sturdy you will be. The less things will have the ability to, to, to move you. There's a scripture in Psalms that says, uh, the person who trusts in the Lord is like somebody, it's like a tree that is, that is rooted near a river of water and it bears fruit in every season. So it doesn't matter if it's winter or if it's summer, or if it's fall or if it's spring, you will be fruitful in every season because your roots go down deep. Right? So the world culture is obsessed with growing tall, right? Like, look at all my accolades and success and accomplishments and achievements, and that's cool. Like, we cheer each other on, and that's great. Do something with your life, right? Don't just sit on your couch. That's awesome. Or, or sit on your couch, you know? But it's nice. That is an option. But, you know, shoot for the stars. Be the best you that you can be. Absolutely great. But a tree can't grow higher unless the roots are really deep. So spirituality is about growing deep roots, deep roots. And here's how I see it. It's all about establishing your life on spiritual values and living according to those values with all of your integrity. That's all it is. That is the spiritual life. It is you deciding what values you want to build your life on and then living out those values with all of your integrity. And you don't have to even share those things with anybody. These are my five values and put it on Instagram. You don't have to do that. <laughs> you know, you can, but it's just you. It's just between you and God. These are the, this is, these are the values that uh, guard my life. I want to be a truth teller. I want to I speak truth. Uh, I want love to guard my actions. I want to practice vulnerability and authenticity. I want to practice empathy. And so I, I, I want to practice forgiveness. Whatever those values are, you decide to live by them, and then you live by them. And that's how you live a spiritual life. It's not about rules. And guess what? Sometimes you won't live according to your values. And that's going to be awesome because it will remind you why you want to live by those values to begin with. Because all the drama that you're going to have to deal with, all the problems that you're going to have to deal with because you uh, compromised on your values, you're going to see. It'll suck. They're going to be like, oh, that's why. 
that's why I choose love, you know. Oh, that's why I, I do the authenticity thing. Oh, that's why. And so you're always just, you're listening to your life. You know, in the uh, Hebrew scriptures, the temple was a big deal for the ancient Jews. That was the place where they believed they encountered the divine. The, the temple was the place where God was said to dwell. So there was a lot of uh, intricacy and intentionality behind the building of the temple. And when the temple got destroyed, the people felt like they were cursed. God is not with them anymore. This is, a, this is such a huge problem. Everything revolved around this temple. Well, in the New Testament, there's this huge radical leap in consciousness where the scripture writers say, God doesn't dwell in temples that are made by human hands. I mean, that's cute and all, but guess what? You are God's temple. And if we can learn how to make that shift, because some of us, we still actually operate according to the old paradigm. How do I know? Because when I see some, some of y'all out on the streets, and y'all look at me, and you're going to say, I haven't been to church in a long time. I know. I'm so sorry. And all the guilt thing. I'm like, is that what I represent to you? Yes, to some people, yes. It's like they just see pastor, guilt and shame. So I'm like, dang, dude, I'm trying to change that up a little bit. That's why I tell people, I'm like, it's all good, bro. You don't have to come. God loves you, you know, and God is in you. You are the temple. You are the temple. And you come here to be reminded of that. You know, this is like the icing on the cake. It's, it's you know, but it's the cherry on top. But you are the temple. And so to treat your inner, your inner life as a, as, a, as a sanctuary, as a holy place, a sacred place, that's how your life begins to radically change and transform. When you read about the way that the Jews wanted to build the temple and make it look, one of the, one of the details that is beautiful to me is that they cared so much about the furniture and the way that it was arranged and the stones that were placed in certain, in certain areas of the temple. Like that temple, when you walked into it, was meant to make you feel like, whoa, this is majestic, this is sacred, this is beautiful, this is holy. Well, I see that as an analogy of the adornment of the inner life. What is it that truly makes a life beautiful? Is who you are on the inside. What is it that makes a human being beautiful? Is who they are on the inside. How much attention do we focus, as we rightly should, okay, on looking good, looking fresh? Listen, I got a haircut every week. You're never not gonna see me with a fresh tape. It's just what it is. It's just what it is. I go to the gym six days a week. I'm out there. See? You're doing my thing. I, listen, take care of yourself. <laughs> take care of yourself. Work on yourself. Get your weave. Get your nails done. Do whatever you got to do. But the real, the real beauty comes from within. Real beauty comes from within. And so 
Work on who you are on the inside. Make that beautiful, and everything out here will become beautiful too. Even if you're a little ugly, <laughs> if you're beautiful on the inside, you'll be beautiful to other people too. And you're not ugly. Nobody's ugly. That was a joke. Okay, it was a joke. Nobody's ugly. But, my, but you get the point, right? There's people, you know. Let's move on, man. Let's just... Beautiful on the inside. That's the point. Beautiful on the inside. Another, another, another aspect of the temple worship, which is beautiful, is this area of the temple is called the Holy of Holies. And only the priest was allowed to go in there. And that was only allowed to be done like once a year or something crazy like that. If you went into the Holy of Holies when you weren't supposed to, you would die. Right? Or so the scriptures say. So... The Holy of Holies, it represented the fullness of God's presence. And it was a place where no one else could go. Well, there is a place within you, in your inner temple, in your heart, in your mind. No one else can reach you there. Nobody else can touch you there. Even people who speak ill of you, right, and they're out to get you. And they want to see you fail. And they want to make your life miserable. And they say things to you that hurt. They're talking just to the shell. But they're not talking to you. There is a place within yourself. And the scriptures speak of it as like a refuge. It's a, it's a refuge on the inside of you. That you can retreat to at any time. And in that place, in that sacred space, in that holy place, I call it stillness. In that place of stillness, in that place of silence, you are, you are totally safe. It's all about uh, having this meditative approach to life. When you're meditating, right, think about that. You close your eyes. And you're just being. You let go. You're not clinging to anything. You're not fighting against anything. You're not resisting anything. You're allowing what comes to come, and you allow what needs to go to go while you remain calm, centered, aware, observant. Live your life like this. Live your life like this. And begin to train yourself in this practice of stillness, the only thing you're ever dealing with are the thoughts in your mind. So if you can learn how to detach yourself from those thoughts and just watch and just observe from this place of stillness, it doesn't matter how chaotic it may be. You're rooted and grounded in the present moment. You're rooted and grounded in reality. That place of stillness within you. Get quiet with yourself. Learn what that is. This is not a popular opinion, but it is my opinion that you are alone in this world. And you're also not. Okay? Because you have wonderful people in your life. But people come and go. Even if it's a person that is always going to be really good to you and you're ride or die till their dying day. Well, guess what? There's a dying day. And eventually, you will be faced with yourself. So to learn how to be alone with yourself, to be alone with the movie that's playing in here, 
to be okay with it, to learn how to build a healthy relationship with those thoughts and those emotions. That's what it means to build the sacred temple within you. And stillness is what helps you in that process. So I want to share with you before we wrap up a couple of signs of a spiritually awakened person, all in line with everything we've spoken, but I kind of broke it down in, in bullet points for us to be able to practically apply and take home. So the first sign of an awakened life is a sense of inner peace and contentment. Peace is a lot simpler than we've made it out to be. If you want peace in your life, stop making everything a competition. Don't always try to be right. Allow others to win. Don't make everything a contest. Be okay with not being the center of attention. Be okay with not having things go your way. And just chill out. And you'll have some peace. Easier said than done. But it can be done. It can be done. This sense of peace and contentment, it's what becomes your compass in life. So that when you make decisions, it's like, is this going to contribute to my peace? Or is it going to take away from it? If it's going to take away from it, it may be pleasurable. But what do I want to do with it? Nothing. Peace is better than pleasure. We have to repeat ourselves that to ourselves often. Peace is better than pleasure. Your pleasures will bring you a lot of chaos. The things that are pleasurable to you, right? So for the spiritually awakened person, what's most pleasurable is peace. And so when you find it, you already have it. When you find it and you tap into it, you guard it and you protect it. And you don't let things disrupt it. And that's a good way to live. The second sign of an awakened life is a sense of connection to the divine. And what I mean by this is you feel connected to something bigger than yourself. So you move beyond uh, your preferences, your biases, your opinions. It's not just about you and your tribe and your way of doing it. As I mentioned earlier, you live for, for the totality. Your love extends beyond all boundaries. Next, an openness to new ideas and experiences. This is a big one. To be willing to change your perspective. To allow the foreign ideas of others to be educational for you instead of a threat. To be okay with opinions that are different than your own. To be willing to step out into the unknown. A spiritually awakened person is not concerned about whether it's going to work out or not. If this is where God is pulling you, if this is the direction the Spirit is taking you, you take the leap. Even though it's scary, even though you don't see how it's going to work out, even though you know it may not work out according to the way you think it'll work out, if God sent you in that direction, it's going to work out exactly as it needs to for you to learn all that you need to in order to get to where God wants you to go. Next. <laughs> 
A sense of purpose and direction. This is big. This one's big. I was talking to a buddy of mine. His sister-in-law is married to a dude who is just boohoo rich. Crazy. Crazy rich. Just dad. What he told me was the dad came up with an idea and an, he, invent, he invented something and all these businesses use it and they just have more money than they know what to do with. So this guy, you think, lives pretty chill, easy life. But my boy brought this up to me because while they were talking, having lunch in some high rise somewhere in Brickle, this young man was telling him about how unsatisfied and fulfilled he was in his life and unfulfilled he was in his life and how he feels like he hasn't found something that he wants to really put his energy and time into that brings him a sense of value and worth. He feels totally dependent on his father and he doesn't feel like he can ever uh, surpass what his father did for him. So he's disempowered. Some of you are like, what's wrong with that man? <laughs> I wish that was me. And y'all still don't get it. Because the point is, you can have everything. If you don't have fulfillment, you have nothing. Now, ideally, hey, we got both. That'd be great. <laughs> I ain't mad at it. That's like, like, it's like for me. The fact that I get money to do what I do, I'm like, that's, it's like extra. But that's as it should be. I'm like, the money is, the, is extra. And I thank God that God's taking care of me. But that's extra. When I wake up and I step into that hospital and I'm with people, Oh, it's so fulfilling. When I'm here with you and we're getting lunch and coffees and you're writing me and I'm writing you and we're doing events and I'm, when I, that is just brings so much meaning and fulfillment. Meaning and fulfillment goes such a long way. Next, an ability to be present in the moment, to be here now, connected, fully connected. Next, a sense of compassion and understanding. A sense of compassion and understanding. A spiritually awakened individual is not interested in judging other people. They're not interested in always interpreting the actions of other people. You desire to see people as they are, to understand where they're coming from, not to change their mind, not to convince them that, where they are right now is not where they should be or that they're thinking or believing things that are incorrect and inaccurate. No, you just want to meet people right where they are with a sense of compassion and understanding. And then the last one, a sense of inner wisdom. And this is important, inner wisdom. We're always looking outside of ourselves to an authority figure. Right? That guy is going to tell me, this person is going to tell me how I should live and what I should do. Take your authority back. You have the Spirit of God within you. You have the wisdom of God within you. If you get quiet enough, if you open your mind and your heart, you will feel it. It will be there and it will direct you and it will guide you. And you don't have to look outside of yourself to find it. Already there, already yours.
And so my prayer for each and every one of you is that today's message would at least elicit a desire in you to experience this kind of spiritual awakening. Once you have the desire, that's all God needs to take you on the ride of your life. That's it. God, I want to experience this kind of thing. And it's available to, to all of you, to all of us in every moment. And guess what? Sometimes you'll be awakened. Sometimes you'll fall back asleep. But that's okay because it's going to make the awakening that much better. Like, whoo! Okay, good. Back to reality. I got lost in the dream. But now I woke up. So if you got to drift, drift. If you need to derail for a little while, derail. Always come back to the foundation. Get grounded. Get rooted in this relationship that you're cultivating with God. And you will experience the peace. You will get the downloads. You will be filled with compassion and understanding. Your presence will be so powerful. It will be so. People will feel that. People will feel it. People will learn from you, and you're not even doing nothing. You're just being yourself. Just by being yourself, you're um, transferring something to another individual energetically that goes beyond words. And that's, that's what I hope to God sometimes because for me, so I feel like I talk too much. I'm like, I, I got to go Sunday again and talk about things again. I, what else am I going to say? That's how I feel sometimes. I'm like, I'm talking so much. Talk, talk, talk. Danny talking, talking. 30 minutes on the podcast, 45 minutes on the podcast. I don't want to talk anymore. So I hope, really, my prayer to God is that beyond my words, especially because sometimes for me, you know, I'm like, my words are what? These words, sometimes they make sense, sometimes they don't, <laughs> you know? But I'm hoping that it could be a transfer of energy. That's what I'm praying. That it's just this, that you guys can feel just a sense of peace and that you can just receive that. That's all it is. And that you may be able to carry that everywhere that you go as well. Let's pray. God, we open up our hearts and our minds to your divine influence. We thank you that you are with us, that you are in us, that our body is a temple for your spirit, that you dwell in our heart and in our mind. May we always think about you. May we always allow our actions to be governed and guided by you. May our relationship with you be what is central and most important in our life. May this be the focal point. Help us to remain grounded and rooted in the truth of who you are and the truth of who we are so that we can open up and be compassionate and understanding and empathetic and wise and peaceful and content and fulfilled and live a purposeful life so that other people around us can get a taste of what the good life really is. What true beauty really is. The beauty of the heart. The beauty of the heart that's connected to you. You are the one that makes us beautiful, God. And we thank you that you're working on us. Help us, God, to live a spiritually awakened life, to snap out of our, our bad dreams, and to find meaning in all that we go through. We thank you for your presence. May it continue to be with us and carry us this week. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. All right, familia, I love you.
Have a great rest of the week. Sign up for the women's retreat. Sign up for the men's retreat. And invite people to the birthday. Bye, guys.